Hello and welcome to The Blip. I'm John Money. The U.S. ranks 125th in this category. And that's with every kid having an eye thingy. Let's talk about it. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. Take the risk of thinking for yourself. Sell, sell. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Life isn't that simple. Very, very historic. You gotta understand, this is a small town. Take the risk of thinking for yourself. Sell, sell. Man will be what he was born to be. Free and independent. Life isn't that simple. I'm here to confront you. I hope that every one of you contributes to the conversation of our culture and our time. Yes, this episode is about the reading crisis in America, in the digital age, a crisis that has grown even greater due to the pandemic. Reading scores have been dropping for the past 10 years in the U.S., and due to the pandemic, scores dropped to an all-time low, which hasn't occurred since the 1990s. Currently, 54% of Americans read below a sixth-grade level, costing the U.S. an estimated $2.2 trillion annually. And college admission scores for 2022 hit the lowest point in 30 years. And you might be thinking, John, what's going on? I thought technology was going to save us and revolutionize education. Well, you're right. Technology has revolutionized many aspects of education. But this is more about our relationship with technology and how we've integrated it into our lives. Of course, your memory of learning how to read was quite different than those in the present. Maybe you have memories of your grandmother or mother or father reading to you one of your favorite stories before bedtime. You might even remember the days in the library, the beanbag chairs. I love those. The cassette tapes in the Ziploc bags that allowed you to read along with the story. The smell of the books. The librarian who taught you how to use the card catalog and locate the different genres. Or maybe that time you wandered off and found the Sports Illustrated section or an adult romance novel. Whatever your memories, it was a quiet place. Organized. Maybe even a place you enjoyed hanging out. It had a certain order to it. It was relaxing. What's that? Your friend just showed you a TikTok video of someone reacting to a new Netflix story about a serial killer? Oh well. There went that quiet space. John, John, don't be that guy that hearkens the days of old. Um, I'm not, believe me. So uh, just bookmark that intrusive thought for a moment and realize that you are listening to a podcast. So clearly, that won't be the direction I'm taking. In fact, except for a rather large dip between the 1970s and the year 2000, graduation rates have continued to increase in the U.S., now reaching around 86%. So no one is arguing that we are not progressing in many areas. The story here is designed to question certain progressions at the expense of other values or skills. The most recent data from the past 10 years have shown reading scores are stagnant and most recently dropping a staggering five points from 2020. For a developed nation that wants to be recognized as a world leader, the decline in reading makes one question the motives that are driving such underperformance for such a fundamental skill, especially after years of championing digital innovations in education. But like most stories on the blip, this story is filled with context, and context is perhaps one of the major factors missing from our current reading strategy today, both in practice and in theory. But let's start by going from the home to the school and see what pages are missing from our current discussion around reading and see if we can't fill in the gaps. Let's begin with the home. We know that American parents are working longer hours and have shorter, if any, parental leave when compared to most other developed countries. But I won't focus on the dismal parental leave in the U.S. because that is an episode in itself and one that we will cover in the near future. 
The point here is the trillions of dollars that we lose from an illiterate population could be drastically improved by just exposing the child to early reading before kindergarten. In fact, the American Academy of Pediatrics notes that reading to kids as early as six months will result in a stronger vocabulary four years later. Children who are read to prior to kindergarten and first grade achieve higher scores on their literacy and numeracy tests in years three and four. Also, children who grew up in homes with a number of books will on average receive three more years of schooling than children who come from homes without books. A recent study showed that 61% of low-income families have no children's books in their homes. John, are you saying there is a correlation between time spent with children before kindergarten and graduation and literacy rates in developed countries? Well, yes, I am. And um, you're starting to get really good at this. In fact, several countries such as the Netherlands, Japan, Finland, Poland, and Norway that have long paternity leave also have literacy rates close to 100%. And although this certainly isn't a direct correlation to tech use, it does provide a strong argument for supporting a society which values the time for reading, not just the gadgets that champion it. Most recent studies suggest that children under the age of two have little to no screen time, while those two to five have between one to three hours depending on content. And in the U.S., around 87% of parents were unable to meet recommended times. And so this is where we are at with our story about reading. We are in the midst of a battle between limited time, excessive screens, and our need for improving reading skills. And currently, the screens, representing new technology, and perhaps the antagonists of this story, seem to be winning, while time and her sidekick literacy are taking a hit. But in order for time and literacy to take on the powers of tech and the market that is driving it, our society must reprioritize, placing technology in its rightful place in the book of progress. Or, as Robert Frost, perhaps one of the greatest poets of all time, put it in a 1952 interview, quote, Science has been led to expect more of itself than it can perform. We've been led to expect of science more than it can perform. You will hear of confident scientists say, that science has gone so far that you don't dare question how far it might not go. But right here and now, I'm telling you that there's a whole half of our lives that can't ever be made of science. But let's move on to our schools, perhaps the setting at which the antagonist tech and protagonist time and literacy meet face to face. For the past 20 years, we have filled our schools with technology. The classroom has taken on a complete transformation, removing chalkboards, blocking whiteboards with smart boards, adding laptops, e-readers, and iPads to the list of budget requests for each student. Simultaneously, we reduced the number of textbooks and novels in schools in place of online curriculums and digital texts. And while these changes do certainly bring about more options for schools to choose from and have the potential to be beneficial, the shift to a more digital classroom, both for remote and in-class teaching, hasn't proved to be a success story for literacy for the majority of students. And imbalances of screen time versus other activities is no doubt a start. One study showed that students between 6th and 8th grade who text a lot performed, quote, significantly lower on grammar assessment than those who text less. In fact, most recent data showed that minorities who were making the most progress to close the literacy gap in the 90s and early 2000s took the biggest hit during the pandemic, sliding nearly to 30% from 12% to meet literacy benchmarks. Perhaps the quick shift to tech compounded by the digital divide during the pandemic left those who were already struggling to read without books and with little knowledge on how to navigate online educational resources. 
Unlike many of the characteristics that we attach to technology, such as speed and efficiency, the process of learning to read, and more importantly, enjoying the skill, is gradual and requires the right environment and support throughout the journey. Even before the pandemic, certain educators were calling into question the shift away from promoting the love of reading for more recreational purposes to more test-based teaching of reading. Kelly Gallagher, author of the book Read Aside, How Schools Are Killing Reading and What to Do About It, defined Read Aside as, quote, the systemic killing of the love of reading, often exasperated by the mundane, mind-numbing practices found in schools. And you probably can relate. There's a lot to distract us. But the distractions unfortunately don't go away when kids arrive to school. And one would think, with all these distractions, we would surely see the need for school libraries and librarians. But in fact, for the past 10 years, nearly 20% of the nation's school librarian positions have been removed, regardless of the numerous studies that showed an increase in admission scores on standardized tests correlated to schools that invest in their library programs. Even New York City, which has the largest school system in the nation, had around 1,500 libraries in 2005, only to see that number cut to more than half 10 years later to 700. And I know what you're thinking, John, stop hating on tech. It's the future. Well, tell that to the 55% of educators in 2022 who said that they will leave the profession sooner than originally planned due to the pandemic, or to the 41.3% of teachers who have already quit during their first five years of teaching. And what was the reason, you ask? Well, the two biggest stressors currently correlated with teacher retention deal with issues around the mode of instruction and how it affected their overall health. And during the pandemic, one of the top related stressors and burnout factors were tied to technological problems and lack of support. And when school leaders were asked whether they had enough support regarding IT-related needs, almost three out of every four said they did not. More specifically, 55% said that they were unable to, quote, maintain their network adequately, while 76% said they, quote, have trouble implementing new technologies. And aside from the lack of school-wide tech support, a study conducted on English teachers in primary grades showed that the majority felt that they didn't receive adequate training on how to, quote, use technology in the classroom to support literacy learning. In addition to this, aside from having the new hardware, such as laptops and tablets for the students, there was almost no training regarding implementing the new software. This lack of support has left teachers with a huge task to both meet the standardized test requirements that have been set by Common Core and No Child Left Behind, while also trying to navigate the digital resources and how to best implement them. And of course, those schools with the lowest budgets are left with teachers who are less digitally literate and are using technology in ways that are less engaging for the students. And although digital programs have the chance of enhancing class participation, those who are not trained in what's called learning design spend at times 30% of the lesson setting up the equipment and correcting students who are not on task and are engaged in other activities on the device. In addition to this, one report regarding under-resourced public schools showed that nearly 65% of disruptions and class misbehavior were correlated to students' misuse of classroom tech. And I know what you're thinking, John, so what if we don't like to read as much as before? We've got your podcast to listen to anyways. Well, that's flattering. Thank you. First off, But the fact is, most podcast listeners do not fall into the 54% of Americans who read at a 6th grade level. In fact, 85% of podcast listeners have attended college at some point. So, this dip in reading levels and interest has actually occurred in the last decade primarily. As an example, in 1984, only 8% of 13-year-olds said that they never read for fun. In 2022, that's nearly 35%. And as more and more teens acquire their news from social media, 
the power of deciphering misinformation and disinformation is even more crucial. Current studies revealed that only 14% of 15-year-olds know how to distinguish between fact and opinion in a text. This fact alone should send shivers down the spine of even flat-earth believers. Hey, I don't judge. I just think you watched too much Roadrunner growing up. Always falling off those cliffs and you never really see where he went. And this shift is happening faster than we think. In 2016, 12% of Americans said their favorite way to spend an evening was reading. In 2020, that number was only 6%. And so we know that reading is up against a powerful and some might say attractive antagonist technology. But what if I told you that this pandemic has created a plot twist like no other, where the antagonist tech joins forces with time and literacy to create an exciting new journey for all those involved? What would that look like? if education were able to use the right amount of technology to enhance a lesson instead of distract with outdated PowerPoints and programs that may or may not work. For those educators who have found the balance between tech and their lesson, they know the power of shutting it off for some lessons and utilizing it for others. For example, the power of independent reading time at the beginning of a class to provide a routine habit that gets students comfortable with reading and when to use an audiobook to support those weaker students. So in a way, the teachers are the narrators of the story. They are showing the students how these forces should complement each other, how they shouldn't distract, and how at times you must utilize one more than the other. The story of tech and learning how to read is one that can be filled with silence at times and reading aloud at other times. It might be creating a story while playing D&D and have others annotate what happened. It might include storytelling with programs like Storium that allow the students to write their own adventure. And other times, it might just be a paperback book in hand with a book club in the library if the school hasn't gotten rid of it. The story here is ongoing, but what we do know is things must change. The levels of burnout and stress related to teaching and learning during the pandemic expose some glaring imbalances. And here at The Blip, we certainly do hope that the plot twists start to take full shape in the coming years. And to both the past and present educators, your fight in this story will not go unnoticed. And just like in some video games where you acquire skills and powers along your journey, if education is going to level up, it will take students, parents, and teachers working together to change the narrative on how technology is actually affecting our ability to become avid readers and writers. Talk soon.